found myself in down a weird rabbit hole. Um, what do you know about culture during the 1950s and 60s in the Yugoslav Republic, in Yugoslavia? Nothing. Nothing, yes. Can't wait to find out. Uh, well, it turns out because of embargoes of culture, cultural products, music, film, that kind of stuff, they really had a lot of relationship with Mexican film and music. And um, there is a genre of music known as Umex which is basically mariachi music with Yugoslav lyrics. It is the wildest thing of all time. The lineage of music is so cool. It's so It's bizarre. so cool. I want to get into, uh, just real quick, a lot of what we think of as mariachi mu- music is heavily influenced by German immigrants. Right. Polka. That's yeah. why they, yeah, Umbus. it's heavily polka. That's why they got all that oompa music down there. Uh, and I just want to say, as a half Mexican, half German guy, I'm really vibing with this. I gotta say, the Umex is less oompa, so it must Whoa! be more, it must be more OG Mexican. Okay, and, okay. And brought in with the, with the Yugoslavian. Fascinating. Yeah. Does it sound more like the country western stuff? Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, and so so, yeah, the v- bizarre, strangest, I did not I know it. it was a thing, yeah. I love, these are the rabbit holes that you go down. I know, it's just fascinating. It is the most Dustin yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that could be stated on the show. What's going on in the Soviet blocs <laughs> in, in the, the post-war era? <laughs> <laughs> I think we finally jumped the shark. Yeah, I think we did it. Yeah, the most Dustin thing that's ever yeah. happened. Yeah, wrap it up. And we, we got Sanchez hey. on for Venom. We're done. Honored to be here for that. <laughs> We're just yeah. a self-parody at this point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome again to The Good Track. Genre cast where we gather around a table and we discuss the films you'll never discuss in a film stays course. Today's film is a little film from 2018. We're doing um, our 2018 in review five years ago uh, marathon right now, and uh, we have a guest host today. We have Mr. Alex Sanchez. And what's the movie we're watching, Alex? Venom. <laughs> as as Eminem, as Eminem famously said. <laughs> and so we're very very glad to have you. Uh, so Alex is here with us. I am still Dustin. I'm still Arthur. I. I'm still Dalton. And uh, if you're tuning into the show for the very first time, we want to warn you, dear listener, this is not a review show. It is an analysis show. Mm. And that, therefore, means there will be spoilers of the film. We have to have the text to do analysis. It's just a thing that's required. My God, I wonder what will happen in the less than two hour film, Venom. What plot delights does it hold? Uh, I Well... <laughs> What twists and turns? I, I, I take that back. There is like one particular image that I would I had spoiled for me, and I wouldn't spoil for anybody oh, else. I, I don't know what it was. It was spoiled for you, but there there are several that I wouldn't want to have spoiled. Yeah. Well, I, I would like to hear what your spoiled image was later. I'll tell you. Um, but what we want to say is we will give you a brief reprieve from spoilers in our rundown of the show. We'll have a synopsis, which will, of course, be spoiler-free. Then we'll do quick thumbs-down, thumbs-up reviews around the table, and then we'll move on to a little game called Expand the Syllabus, which might... <laughs> involved just the gentlest of spoilers of thematic elements or other films in the orbit, but less so the movie for the most part. And then we get down to music, and the music lets you know we've gotten down to business, mm. and the business is when all spoiler bets are off, so thus and therefore, there is your warning, friends and neighbors. So without any further ado, Arthur, will you delight us with one of those synopses, please? While investigating Carlton Drake, founder of the Life Foundation, reporter Eddie Brock is exposed to an extraterrestrial symbiotic life form that merges with him and begins taking control of his body, turning him into the anti-hero, Venom. But wait, where's Venom. Spider-Man? Not here, dude. This isn't your dad's Venom. But where's Logan Marshall Green? <laughs> he's he's, up, he's starting an upgrade, obviously. <laughs> you always want to keep tabs on him and Art and uh, Tom Hardy. You know, you want to know where they are at the same time. A you true know. life Spider-Man yeah. finger pointing meme, big time. Well, in God, an, we got to get them in the same movie in another universe. That we got meets. Margot Robbie and uh, Samara Weaving in the same movie. Yeah. So now we have to get Logan Marshall Green and and uh, Tom Hardy. Yeah, it can happen. 
It can be done. I have faith in Damien Chazelle. Yeah. To do the right thing. Yeah, he can do it. God, getting her in Smara Weaving, that that Babylon gag is like <clears throat> it's top three things yeah. about that movie. Yeah. It's fun. It's very, very fun. So uh, with that, let's go ahead and start with our reviews. We're going to go to you, Nick, since you are our guest you said today. Nick? You said Nick. Nick? That's my brother's oh, name. Wow. I was... <laughs> I know your name's Alex. I don't know what I'm doing. People Do you, have, have been you calling me brother? Nick my whole life because <laughs> yeah. that's my brother's <laughs> say, Have you even met his brother? I've met his brother once. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. But no, I just looked at you and your brother's name came to my head. I don't know. <laughs> I get it. Wow. I get it. I'm the older one. And I'm still your parents do this, yes. Sometimes, yeah. You know, just, just you're, you're look, there, yeah. there's a set and I know My this. parents, people from my church, yeah. Yeah, and so now I am now your dad. Oh, I get uh, it. So <laughs> I'm already old enough. That's so, how, you know, that's the role you fill here. Yeah. So I'm sorry, Alex, um, very much. Can you delight us with your... Do you like this movie and why do you like this movie? Uh, I like this movie because I like Jim Carrey's The Mask. Yes. It's exactly the same. Uh, It has basically all the same beats. Um, The the only thing that is different about it, which is a straight improvement, is that in Jim Carrey's The Mask, he doesn't want to have sex with The Mask. They're not. He's not in a uh, relationship with the mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. and respect. Yes. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think this movie's uh, the performances are unbelievable. I think <laughs> Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock is unbelievable. I could not. He is Mister Choices in this film, and it is it hits. Yeah, uh, we were we watched it together, and there's this like bit of business he's doing with the notepad when he's interviewing mm-hmm. Riz Ahmed, and it's just like the most actorly bullshit when he turns the page it's like with such a flourish just like yes so tom do good. it you madman he's eating uh one of our finest assets truly mm-hmm. uh i i came to like know about this film as like maybe something other than just like a cultural goof because of you yeah you and a bunch of people went and saw it in theaters and for whatever reason i didn't get to get to go with the group that went and all i kept hearing about was like no this dumb thing is like worth yeah. Uh, so I've been excited to get to it. Arthur, you also saw it at the time, right? What did you think about it? And and like, how are you on rewatch? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, going in, there was a lot of buzz about how bad it was and things like that. But I think it's an, completely in earnest of what it's doing. I mean, yeah, Tom Hardy is th- the reason to see it. I mean, yep. he's going for broke as Eddie and as Venom. Mm-hmm. And it just worked. I, I, I don't think it works without him. But I think it's the same with uh, Michelle Williams and Riz Ahmed and Jenny mm-hmm. Slate. I mean... I think Jenny Slate gets done dirty uh, mm-hmm. a little bit, but I think the other two are really just going ham and and selling it and and making this very sort of asinine two thousands comic book movie script into something that really works. I think it's fun. I think it's earnest. I think uh, it's it's just a lot. Of, I mean, if you're not on board by the lobster tank, you're you probably know if you're in or out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that's the big sell point. And, and beyond that, man, yeah, I'm I'm here for it. I think it's fun. Uh, I think it's especially in contrast to the rest of the, I mean, essentially the Marvel slate and the few DC movies. I mean, it's just, it feels a bit satirical in mm-hmm. its delivery. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really fun that it just takes a piss on this totally 90s Venom character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So kind of everybody's up his own butt about, you know, Venom and he's got to be rated R and he's got to be violent and evil. And it's such a McFarland. Yeah, 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 yeah. Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. Todd McFarlane. Yeah. Seth MacFarlane's Venom is a much different Seth MacFarlane's Venom is interesting. I think this is closer to Seth MacFarlane's Venom than it is Todd McFarlane's Venom. Yeah. Just the symbiote jumping from Family Guy member to Family Guy with Stewie and Brian. Yeah, I... 
And I like that the third act, you know, I mean, that's where it gets, I think, the most generic, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I also like that they're not, like, leveling half of San Francisco. Right. Yeah. I think that's the smart choice. Just, because It's a race to a spaceship. Yeah. And I think that's a nice reprieve. And uh, we get a nice little, you know, you talk too much kind of line. Yeah. Uh, which is good. So it's got some good bits. And, yeah, I mean, it's really a Tom Hardy show. Mm-hmm. And I think that sells. Very good, very good. Um, I really, really love the first half to two-thirds of yeah. it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, and I was saying this before we came in to, today, that it, because it's a different kind of movie, I'll say more about what kind of movie it is when we get to our syllabi, but um, I like that kind of movie, and I've been thinking about that kind of movie quite a lot lately. And uh, I, and again, I really love Tom Hardy's performance. It yeah. is bananas, but it's bananas in all the right kinds of ways. And so all of that really very much works for me. I think the CG looks good yeah i mean despite you know that sort of Dude, moment of the of the cg glut right I, yeah before it gets to be too much in the third act there was several moments where i had the same thing where i was like god you, the rush the disney this rush to disney stuff of the last like two to three years like just five years ago it makes you oh oh wow they they were giving animators just like that much more time a few years ago mm-hmm. yeah i'm right there with you well you, and you mentioned this we kind of started it the other day and there's a little bit of kind of rough cgi thing in the opening uh, around, yeah. around the shipwreck time but mm-hmm. then they do that practical uh, ambulance flip which that, looks really yeah. good yeah. Mm-hmm. and would be digital now yeah right for sure and so I think having those elements in it really helps it as well yeah yeah, yeah. There, there was that sort of opening sequence but after that once we get to the symbiote oozing and grooving around mm-hmm. then I'm, I'm, I'm kind of all there for it yeah. so yeah all of that really really works for me I really love the uh, I love San Francisco at night mm. and, yeah. uh, and they make a lot of great use of sort of neon and uh, police lights and that kind of stuff for some of that nighttime shooting and they so, make good use of the hills too mm-hmm. in those chases yeah. yeah i very much thought about the movie bullet during yeah. the hills chase yeah it's just like classic san francisco car chase bullshit i feel like you're contractually obligated to shoot in san francisco that you have to have a a, a car get air mm-hmm. yeah. I, I don't think yeah. i don't, I don't yeah. think i don't think they let you do it unless you unless you do <laughs> that <Ollie> a car. <laughs> you know I, it's like a deleted scene from mrs doubtfire but they had to shoot it anyway yeah it's yeah, just required so right. that they do that and christopher they... columbus just letting somebody tokyo drift around a corner yeah that's what mrs <laughs> doubtfire is missing they bust up a pretty good number of real cars in this movie yeah oh yeah they do yeah. yeah some really great car crashes in that that long motorcycle sequence mm-hmm. just love to see and as arthur said the the ambulance flip yeah i just love to see some practical smashing and that's where i was i love the movie all the way through the motorcycle crash to the first conversation and then i cared less sure. yeah uh, and 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 so it, it becomes very very sort of ordinary normal mm-hmm. uh it, well it becomes every marvel movie so what's what is the thing the big bad guy has the same suit you do tony right i mean oh the big bad guy is also abomination bruce right i'm I, it's, okay here we go and mm. and i don't think that's too much of a sport to say but yeah. Uh, yeah and it does it did all that very very typical kind of ordinary kind of stuff and i'm like well Nah. But other than that, I had a great time. So there you go, dear listener. Our thoughts are generally pro. We did enjoy. We kind of did yeah. you do a full. You kind of skipped me, but, but, but yeah. you kind of said stuff and I didn't know if you were done. Are yeah, you, yeah I, I'm mostly. Yeah, I feel represented at this we table. We have plenty of time for him to talk. Yeah. Yeah. There's I'm no good. shortage of talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. I liked the movie. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. All right. Well, with that, we're going to move on to the next part of our show, which is called Expanding the Syllabus. And mm. at this time, Arthur's going to explain to us what that's all about. Uh, expanding the Syllabus is a thought experiment wherein we, the host, assemble an academic course or module within a course uh, based around the assigned viewing for the week and adjacent text. And that could be books, articles, uh, two tangentially related film stories, video games, uh, I don't know, visual arts mm. installations at the local museum. Who knows? 
Okay, very good. Thank you for that, Arthur. Do you come prepared with a syllabus, my friend? Yeah, I think I'm uh, just going to grasp that low fruit on the tree, and I'm going to look at the comic book movie, but we're going to take a little different spin on it. And we could probably do this in a genres course. In fact, in my calendar on my current genre course, I have a place I can kind of plug this in to do like mm-hmm. an other genre. Uh, and we kind of go back into the 30s, the 40s. We look at some of those old Batman serials, I think. Uh, we look at the super, the Adventures of Superman from 52 uh, there. We may look at some old Dick Tracy stuff as well. Uh, and then we'd probably start proper with, I think, Superman the movie in the 70s. I think that's where we had to kind of uh, begin this, to begin looking at tropes, elements, components, and the, the, the things that make maybe a superhero movie uh, its own type of genre and not just a fantasy or a sci-fi type of film mm-hmm. and start identifying those beats. Uh, then we go to Tim Burton's Batman, I think is the next logical place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're going to jump into Blade. Uh, I think that's a good spot to go. I think Blade, you know, in the last few years has been uh, better represented as the sort of starting point or turning point for the comic book movie, uh, for better or worse. Uh, but Blade has, I think, earned a bit of that reputation back now uh, prior to X-Men and Spider-Man. Uh, so we're going to take a look at Blade and, and have some fun with vampires. Uh, and then we're going to start looking at some bad comic book movies. And we're going to start with Shaquille O'Neal in Steel. Um, <laughs> nice. The adaptation of uh, that title uh, from DC, kind of in the wake of the death of Superman. There were multiple uh, Supers men who arrived, and Steel was one of the titles. And they tried to make Shaq into a movie star, uh, and that was one of the titles they used. And so we're going to start uh, with Steel. Uh, and then we're going to look at uh, Josh Brolin's first foray into the comic book movie with Jonah Hex. Oh, uh, yeah. With Megan Fox yeah. and uh, I can't remember who else. But Jackie Earl Haley, maybe? Uh, probably. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I can't remember. But yeah. uh, that's where we'd go and look at that movie that kind of turned into, like, into this 80-minute hard-cut nightmare of a bad movie. Uh, and then I think Sony owes a great deal of debt to the early aughts action uh, comic movies, uh, specifically those from Fox. And so we got to look at Daredevil. We got to talk yeah, about Ben Affleck yeah. and uh, Colin Farrell. Yeah, uh, just hamming it up in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then of that course we look at Elektra as well, where Jennifer Garner got her own starring beast uh, of action. Uh, we're gonna go back into DC and we're gonna talk about Ryan Reynolds and we're gonna talk about Green Lantern and Martin. Uh, oh, I can't think of his name. He did um, the Foreigner and Campbell. Martin Campbell. Martin Campbell. Yeah. Um, no, Martin McDonough. That was no, my first thing. My Martin brain did. McDonough's Green Lantern. <laughs> Green Lantern is a you. dramatically different film. <laughs> it's about the troubles. <laughs> Colin Farrell is Green Lantern. <laughs> Brendan Gleeson is Sinestro. <laughs> yeah, that's the his cast. fall. That is. They the talk about the problems of the Lantern Corps for yeah, two hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to take a look at uh, Josh Trank being given the keys to the kingdom with his Fantastic Four movie. Sure. And mm. the odd way that fell apart by the time it got uh, released in theaters. Uh, I think there's a lot of really interesting DNA for a Fantastic Four film there. And uh, between Trank, between the studio interference and everything that kind of happened there, it is just this weird Frankenstein's abomination of a film by the mm-hmm. time it's released. And so, uh, but we're going to take a look at the ones that aren't as well received and well regarded and, and kind of. Um, mire through that and find some highlights, some benefits, and really kind of start piecing together what the comic book movie is and mm. if it is really a thing. Very cool, very cool. I like that very much. So, um, Alex, yeah, do you have a syllabus prepared for us, pal? Uh, I didn't, but while Arthur was talking, I didn't know we were doing this. Uh, while Arthur was talking, I thought of something. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, I, I want to talk about movies about guys losing their shit in public. Mm. Um, oh, perfect. <laughs> this is, I'm talking about... Uh, the Mask, which I already mentioned, but really there's a whole Jim Carrey trilogy of these. Mm-hmm. The Mask, Liar, Liar, and then the much later Yes Man. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll discuss those three, and then we'll also talk about Men in Black, uh, specifically the Bugman situation in Men in Black, because mm-hmm. that is a an unbelievable performance. D'Onofrio just like, yeah, D'Onofrio yeah. just eating in that movie. 
Uh, and then, well, yeah, I'll probably think of more later. Okay, very cool, very cool. Thank you very much <laughs> for that. <laughs> Dalton, do you come prepare at the syllabus? I really like that. I, like, I want to just tag on uncut gems and Adam oh, Sandler's yeah. sort of just like spiraling. Just guys having yeah. a harder and harder time existing yeah. in public. Yeah, yeah. hell yeah. Um, so obviously Venom is a queer text, and mm -hmm. I'm not the first person to point that out. Uh, everybody wants to fuck Venom. Um, he's, he's sort of a, he's wet. He's a, he's a wet, <laughs> not, he's, he's a wet, agendered pile of goo and he makes you cooler and hotter. And of course we all want to, we all want to accept Venom as part of ourself. And that's what's going on. Mm -hmm. I think that's what's like so great about this movie is it's, it's got this like, Eddie's such a loser and can't accept himself and like is too much and like get just like, oh, totally screws up his life by being too much and like taking the biggest swings possible. And he meets an alien who's just as big of a loser as him. And together they become a superhero. It's great. Uh, Arthur is so right to identify this as like being in the, the mid aughts, like Fox mm. mold of superhero movies. And I think that's why it's successful. It doesn't feel like the MCU until the third act where it kind of does. And mm -hmm. that's the worst part of the movie as Dustin identified. Uh, but when it's like having weird subtext and now we're getting in the spoiler light territory. So I'll spoil for you the image that was spoiled for me, which is Michelle, Michelle Williams as lady oh. Venom. That sucking one. face with Tom Hardy and then the suit transfers. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I knew about that being in the movie, and I was I like, see. "Well, that's great! I can't wait to see that." And it lived up to the to the dream. Yeah, that's a great scene. What I want to say about that really quick yeah, is how um, how good it is that that movie makes it just impossible to not see it as a three way kiss. Yeah, because of oh, how slowly be, yeah. because mm -hmm. of how slowly Venom moves between the two of them. It's mm -hmm. like at first it's just them kissing, and then Venom is the kiss for a little while mm. and then he moves into Eddie. Yeah. And then it is like in the, like the wrap up, you know, falling action scenes, Michelle Williams identifies it as Venom's idea. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. So we're going to look at other films that are like low key queer cinema. And some of these are like more overtly queer than others. I've got some like it hot on the list, mm. which obviously is like overtly queer, but because it's the fifties, it's a little less played up. Yeah. I say 50s, 60s. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a little less played up directly that wait, what year is it? I, not important. It does go through. Uh, it's one of an early film I learned in some of my my research on you know early queer uh, representation. Uh, fifty four. Fifty nine. Okay, but the, and I thought uh, it had to be fifties because I I learned about it not it being submitted for Hays Code approval and obviously was rejected and got released anyway. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of sort starts breaking the stranglehold of of that censorship in uh, in Hollywood. So I think it's cool to look at there. And again, you know, it's it's sort of a classic representation one. Uh, but also want to look at stuff like Freddy's Revenge. You know, the uh, the second uh, Freddy movie, which is like I think shares a lot of DNA with Venom in terms of like this antihero. You know, this superpower within sort of narrative. I think there's some good stuff there. Uh, a simple favor from a couple weeks ago. You know, mm -hmm. obviously that movie gets overtly queer at times, but I think like this sort of push and pull between uh, Blake Lively and um, Anna Kendrick's characters is like, uh, it's like part of the juice of the movie. Uh, likewise, uh, Fried Green Tomatoes, the uh, source text is overtly queer, but the 90s or 80, 89, I think is when that comes out. So the, the film adaptation is, you know, they kind of scrub the overtly gay stuff from the novel. But that movie gay as hell. Mm -hmm. If you're if you're watching mm -hmm. and have eyes to see, uh, it's definitely in there. <laughs> uh, recently, Dustin and I just uh, last week got to catch up with Anatomy of a Fall. And that movie like identifies itself as a queer text late in the picture. Mm -hmm. And it's like kind of recontextualizes everything about the movie that came before. Uh, 
just a cool bisexual movie. Uh, you don't get a ton of those, and I, I like it. Uh, the Lighthouse. It's very incidental bisexuality. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And that's why, again, this is like the low-key gay movies, right? Mm. They're like, they're either incidentally queer or they're only queer because of the subtext or, you know, they're they're sort of just on the margins of being part of, of that film movement. And again, uh, Robert Eggers' The Lighthouse, I think, is just yeah. too guys who just love each other and can't stand it <laughs> they want to strangle each other it's too the love is too evil uh and then finally that's luke, actually just me and arthur in the yeah, office exactly yeah. i know it uh and, and the the luca the sort of which has been you know it's it's gay readings have uh, been marginal or not marginalized but maligned by some people who are annoying but uh to that i say <laughs> Uh, so that that's what my syllabus would look like. Dustin, what have you programmed for Venom? Okay, so first of all, I want to talk about the first two-thirds of the movie. Yeah. Because I want to talk about what I'm seeing there. Okay, obviously set in San Francisco, but this is a newspaper reporter who has been fired for being a bit too pushy or whatever on the job. and Too so, cool. Too cool or whatever. <laughs> and now has to sort of start all over again, but he wants to investigate what's going on. He's got all this really, really quippy, really, really bright kind of dialogue. He wants to investigate things, and people tell him to hold it back, but he wants to keep pushing forward the investigation if you're not already picking up what I'm laying down this is just like a hard-boiled detective this is just like a yeah. film noir sure, sure. And, okay. and so there, there's there's a lot of this in the first two-thirds a lot and I'm thinking about this because I'm teaching a film noir class in the spring and so I want to invent I want to invent another category so when we talk about the sort of noir now um, sometimes people talk about retro noir which is a movie like uh, LA Confidential or mm -hmm. Chinatown which is made in the contemporary period but used in, as a period setting it's in the 40s or in the 30s or what have you then you have what's called the neo-noir uh, which is uh, contemporary settings. Drive would be a great example sure. of something like this. And I think uh, uh, Sin City is kind of a, like a classic one too. Yeah, it's yeah. Sort of like the modern neo noir. Right. And it's, absolutely. Obviously, it's got the comic book trappings. And then there's this third category that people talk about a lot, which are these movies that are almost noirs. And this goes all the way back to the classical period into contemporary moments. And so you've got like a movie like Casablanca, which is not a film noir, but it's got a lot of the bits and pieces. It's, it's got, got a guy smoking the, in a fedora. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's and got so authoritarianism. Yeah. And, and so what I want to call this is the Nero Noir. Um, it's almost a neo noir, but it's not quite a neo noir, but it's near noir. And yeah. and what so movies, like Lebowski would go in Lebowski this category. Lebowski would be a great example yeah. of that. And uh, so actually, that's one of the first ones I want to mention was the great uh, the Big Lebowski, the Great Lebowski. He's a he's a he's a magician. The Great Big Lebowski. Wow. The Great Big Lebowski. Uh, the Big Lebowski is a good example of this, which is very much an adaptation of The Big Sleep, but all that bowling alley and um, stoner stuff that goes on with that movie. Um, another movie that does. Uh, uh, something similar to this, I think, is Detective Pikachu. Uh, <laughs> sure. I, I mean, I, wow, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's almost, but it's really not. It's not. A, it's not a neo noir at all. But it's just got like little bits and pieces noir of it sort of like yeah. lay itself out. And then I think for the uh, super text. Because I was thinking about this, because I earlier made a stronger statement for noirishness uh, for this movie, but the more I thought about it in conversation with Venom, I think Who Framed Roger Rabbit is the good nice. pair there. Is Because, yes, it's got all of that stuff going on, but it is something altogether different, especially by the last third of it, in which you have it becomes something more like a ch children's animation film, right? And it's very similarly about a guy who makes a new friend that gets him into big trouble. Right, yes, yeah. Well, and I think, like, with Detective Pikachu and Venom, like, they all slot from, like, a technical, you know, 
logistics of filmmaking point of view, they like live action animation blending. Like there's mm-hmm. kind of a fun like just process of filmmaking stuff you can do there too. Yeah. Which, yeah. So there it is for you friends and neighbors. I've just coined it the Nero Noir. Love it. Wow. Uh, <laughs> and so there you go, dear friends. Um, your syllabus just got much longer, I believe. Though now it's time we got down to business. That's right. And that business is, as always, analysis. There are so many things we could talk about. Um, I mean, you've already mentioned a major thematic in talking about the queer readings of this sure. text. Yeah. Are there additional things that we'd want to say uh, other than the kiss itself? It's in San itself? Francisco. Okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you mentioned that. Sure. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. Sure. the gayest town we got. The Harvey Milk cameo. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Wait, is there one? No. no. <laughs> hey, look. He's long dead, I believe. Yeah. I, well, I didn't know if there was like a milk <laughs> buster hiding in the background or yeah, a statue. Milk? Yeah, hey. Um, <laughs> that's a good movie. You it know, Sean Penn sucks, but that movie rocks. Here. Yeah, uh, I was a big proponent of that. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. neither here nor there. Uh, what What else do we have? Uh, there's this the way they talk to each other. Yes. Yeah. It's like it just intimate. It's, yeah. There's an intimacy there. I mean, it's present in the movie and definitely in the comic books mm-hmm. as hell. There's an intimacy between those two. Uh, I think uh, that's actually one thing I, I, I want to jump over to. I know I joked about it earlier, but like the absence of Spider-Man here, like mm-hmm. the, the yeah. sort of the adaptation choice that has to be made by virtue of rights and stuff. Uh, I think it is interesting how they chose to tackle this character removed from like a key part of its traditional origin. Well, smartly moving it to San Francisco, I think helps just yeah. skipping to where Venom hangs out in the comics. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. then there's enough yeah. Venom lore, I guess, that you can omit Spider-Man and make it work. You kind of don't need him. Yeah. Just yeah. lean on yeah. the symbiote stuff. Harder. Yeah, and then yeah. just redesign the suit slightly, right? Yeah, and it works. And I think it looks good. Yeah, I, do. I agree. That kind of like veiny yeah. lighting yeah. look that looks good. I, I really like the look of it a lot. Yeah, I, he's wet and goopy and hot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you want from me. He's yeah. a big buff monster. He's a, yeah, he's a big buff monster, and he says goofy stuff. He's like constantly licking people. He does love to lick people. <laughs> he's got a big yeah. wet mouth. Yeah, a maw yeah. maybe. Mm-hmm. You I would say. say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and says things like you'll be a legless turd in the wind yeah, yeah like, legless armless faceless like a turd in the wind ridiculous yeah uh yeah no there is like this ap- absolute odd couple dynamic yes. happening yeah, between eddie and venom and it really just kind of for me like lays into that theme even harder mm-hmm. um i'm kind of interested in the multinationalism of this movie a little bit as far as production goes this is a 10 cent co-production so for those of you who don't know this is like a you know a chinese uh, giant mm. uh, one yeah. of the biggest companies in the world uh they own you know a bunch of messaging services i uh, i think they have a search engine no that's a different what thing what video game does tencent make uh i think they are like a majority owner of riot Impact? I think oh yeah they're like a majority owner of riot yeah they're like so they're doing league of legends and yeah, stuff like and that Valorant yeah and that stuff okay. so they're a huge company and they're a co-financer on this as you is sony riot is riot an existing comic character because riot I, games right no no but i'm but just saying is. yes he is an existing look i didn't know uh, how many venoms there were there's until so many oh, yeah. yeah and then i was like oh there's like I, shriek and yeah a bunch I, more i remembered they several of them but i did not remember these, riot, and i wondered them. if it wasn't some uh, some sort of 10 cent choice there no that's okay. very not, funny yeah no riot is a real guy but him and carlton don't usually go together i think is the thing that's another adaptation choice but carlton also like a real minor marvel character um, uh, but, and then again, you know, Sony who has, you know, years ago now, I don't even know the date, but you know, bought Columbia pictures uh, and, you know, they became a subsidiary of them. So it's, it's very interesting. Like 
that that is just uh, are the modern film world when you have these big movies. They are yes, star Americans more often than not, and are about American cities, but they are multinational products. And mm-hmm. They are yep. The financing is coming from all over the place because they are too goddamn expensive for one studio to finance them. Simply, yeah. I mean, the, you don't get that big goopy battle without a whole lot of computers crunching a whole lot of numbers, That's and it true. takes a lot of money uh, and a whole lot of animators. Um, so yeah, I was just kind of interested. Like as soon as that Tencent logo popped up, I was like, Oh, I had no idea. I mm. just, you know, I just assumed it was a straight Sony product. Uh, so I, I was really interested in that. Um, this is our third film in our 2018 series. Do we feel like other than, you know, me sort of identifying some, some queer subtexts in uh, simple favor and this, is there any other like 2018 through lines we're seeing between uh, this heart long day's journey and tonight and uh, simple favor. Yeah. Uh, I, uh. I have slept since then. I, I don't know. <laughs> no, that's okay. Just something to think about is, you know, 2018 that's such a small and a specific sample. That's true. Mm-hmm. To yeah. Identify. Yeah. I mean, maybe probably more in common with uh, a simple favor and, you know, venom than, I don't know. I mean, I, I really do think Venom is taking the piss in a lot of ways. I don't think Fleischer's approaching this in any kind of... We've got to be faithful. Yeah, it's right. a reference here, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, And I think, you know, to the chagrin of the Venom fanboys, uh, it works. But I think the same kind of thing we identified with The Simple Favor, too, is this sort of way of parodying or playing with the genre that it's set in. Well, and I guess we get a little bit of... Oh, go ahead. I also had something. Venom in the comics is very much like that, too. He's mm-hmm. very funny in the in the books. And He's silly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, all the 90s guys who stopped reading in 2000 don't understand that. Yeah. Uh, so it it is faithful, but it's not the kind of Venom they... It's not fatal. 90s enough. Yeah. yeah. So though I'm not one of these sort of fanboys, I had a subscription to the Amazing Spider-Man mm-hmm. magazines mm-hmm. during the 90s. I have all the Maximum Carnage run. And uh, I'm so I'm just I'm such a nerd, and I wasn't mad about this at all. Yeah, this this no. I mean this absolutely tracked for me. It gets the relationship totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, I don't know what the fan. I mean, the fanboys just like to hate, and they right. were, they remember everything darker and grittier and more serious than yeah. it was. I mean, this is the same with Star Wars, right? right. I mean, there's there's a tendency to well, nostalgia. there's a similar reaction to Ben Riley in uh, or Scarlet Spider in the. Across the Spider Verse. Right? Oh, sure. Because they kind of play him for jokes. Yeah. And I think a lot of the like '90s fanboys were a bit upset that he was yeah. just the butt of a joke rather than, you know, whatever. Ben yeah. Riley is the butt of a joke. Yeah. Sorry. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. Where have you been for the last thirty years? <laughs> but yeah, my uh, that's an, I think it does sort of talk about an interesting kind of cognitive thing that yeah. happens though that when something is formative and generative for you uh, you look back upon it with nostalgia and because it's become heavy deep and real for you therefore it's somehow a much much more serious set of materials and you forget this these were kids movies these were yeah. kids comics these were just children's stories and yeah I, I think there is something to that so I, I, didn't, I didn't know about that observation about the fanboys hating it but I don't pay attention to fanboys so I missed out interesting. on that interesting yeah yeah I had forgotten about that but I'm glad you brought that up, Arthur, because yeah. I had forgotten that, that was kind of part of the discourse around this film. Uh, again, yeah, I don't get it. I, it's it's fun. It, and maybe that's the problem. Maybe it's too fun. But mm, I, yeah, you know, Venom messes guys up. Is it weird that Venom says I don't eat cops or Tom Hardy says we don't eat cops? Fine. <laughs> sure. Whatever. Fine. OK. Yeah. It's yeah. not the well, 90s. So it, I, I do think it should have been an R movie. You know, I was about I, to ask because I think that was the other kind of controversial well, talking like, point when it came out was it needs to be hard R. It could, there, there could have been a couple of fun kills. Yeah. I think it would have benefited from a couple of fun kills. If, if you'd gone more gore with it, if if the second half of the movie, so if the first half of the movie 
movie had been a, a film noir and the second half had been The Fly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you could have done that. Yeah. I mean, right. it walks right up to the line a couple of times, yeah. right? I mean, there's that kind of silhouette. Oh, bite the head bite. The yeah. Second half of the movie. But it does get real close without really going over it. Yeah. I have to imagine at some level that the the amount of money it takes to create Venom on screen probably precluded it from ever having a chance. At yeah. 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 He's just such an expensive effect. That makes you know? sense. He's not, it's not like Deadpool where most of the time you can just have Ryan Reynolds standing, standing in spandex. And right. Like, you know, you just CGI, give him the comic book eyes and that's the only CGI effect you're doing. Dustin, you just brought up the fly and that's something I want to talk about is sort of, mm-hmm. I, one of my syllabuses I was originally kind of percolating on was like split personality movies. Yeah. Uh, the mask obviously mm-hmm. which kind of this is in line with your guys losing their shit but the fly sort of Jekyll and Hyde whatever yeah. version of the story you want to pull from this is very much a sort of like dark side light side two wolves wrestling inside of you movie mm-hmm. uh, and yeah I think that's you know that's just a classic that's, that's what storytelling is made of is these sort of like the man who is controlling the monster within right I yeah mean, it's dumb and obvious and like observation we made a million times but it's fun well it's, it's interesting because this one doesn't i mean you know you think about like jekyll and hyde and what the formula does you know if you read robert lewis stevenson's novel is it reveals kind of the interior the broken thing that dr jekyll has is he has this other side of himself and now that he's got the physical prowess to do so he becomes this sort of mm-hmm. juggernaut of a man um this is almost more of a possession story yeah in which you make friends with the demon i love that reading yeah, yeah that's so good you know, and and it, which which is which is a, brings it. I, I think that's where our level of interest kind of increases, is because yeah. it isn't quite that same thing that we have seen. That's sort of duality, and we're wondering about ourselves. Yeah, and, it's not like Fight Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, which I forgot to mention is, of course, like a you know Loki gay movie, right? Sure. Uh, still yeah. kind of doing the same thing. You know, the the dark id that is like this thing you're in a relationship with. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think you're right to identify the things that are different about Venom that make it more interesting. Because like the Incredible Hulk is exactly that. Is yeah. that yeah. this is this is the sort of base you know just primal swirling <sighs> unconscious set of desires that Bruce Banner has mm. and then when he gets angry they all come out to play yeah. and this is more like no 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 we have to figure this out and we have to make these agreements and right. it's you a know, thing that's a distinct personality from Eddie yeah yeah the yeah. we don't eat cops thing is I mean it's, Eddie's trying to stay out of trouble I yeah. think more yeah. than anything and like we get good people bad people mm-hmm. you know those mm-hmm. kinds of rules so that said a version of the Incredible Hulk where he gets to lose his shit in public a little bit like he's like going through a customer service interaction and his, <laughs> his arm turns green and crushes is the thing and he's like and he just leaves (laughs) so yeah 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 that's great yeah i love that uh so what if elon musk found the symbiotes i was just about to say (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. i I literally was just looking at my note billionaires as villains he calls himself god literally lol pretty good yeah yeah. that is what he does he like are we talking about this uh the the whole isaac monologue and that's a biblical name and Mm -hmm. yeah just like i won't abandon you like god abandons me okay all right i'm better than god it's so good this is oh no good this is a fascinating look at a period of history where people were realizing that elon musk was evil but still thought he was smart Mm -hmm. right (laughs) it is kind of a snapshot in time yeah, yeah, yeah 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 it's like before the whole grift was over it's really really interesting to see yeah that. A- absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's just becoming such a i mean along with ai billionaires are kind of becoming like our uh screenplay hack du jour for like right evil person evil mm-hmm. entity or or complication not always right. necessarily overtly evil but always like a problem to be navigated even in something like dumb money where they try to humanize billionaires they are still like this 
weird cat stroking entity that mm-hmm. lords over the rest of society from an ivory tower. Weird cat stroking. I love yeah. that. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, and, and I think what Riz identifies like his performance is this sort of the ego, right? This sort of, the, again, the, the, the godlike, I, again, the, the sitting in the ivory tower and going, man, isn't my ivory tower fucking sick? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you guys are all idiots. Why don't you have an ivory tower? You clearly are messing up. And that's, you know, where, where it ends up when he gets the symbiote, he's like, oh yeah, this is, this isn't for everyone. This is, this is, yeah, we're going to invade. I'm going to help you invade the planet. Uh, Here's an interesting great. question. Does he think he's doing like, how much duplicity is there? Is he totally delusional? Does he think he's doing a good thing and he's a good guy? Or is all of this, like, is he just good at pretending? I, I think he thinks he's doing a good thing. You know, I think he has the goal of, like, finding humanity's salvation in space until he gets bonded with Riot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think mm-hmm. then at that point, he's like, oh, humanity is weak and needs he's to be been replaced. Totally subsumed, yeah. Specifically yeah. in the scene where he's doing the hand thing with, the oh, guy, with Isaac. With Isaac. Yeah, I think yeah. he thinks he's a good guy. You think he's not, he's not just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, he I thinks think he's he thinks he's God. Okay. I, he's, okay. He mm-hmm. literally thinks he's a better God because he's here on Earth and won't. I will okay. be with you in the trenches to go th- with you through this horrible sacrifice. Okay. I wasn't sure how sincere that yeah, was. I think it's real. I okay. think that's how he's playing. I think it's that's, that's fun. That's the ego that I think that's he's more bringing fun to the character. Because yeah. then it becomes a thing about how easy it is to deceive yourself into thinking you're doing good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I think while we're talking about uh, that character, Carlton, I, I wanted to kind of just use that to jump off and talk about Riz Ahmed, Tom Hardy, Michelle Williams, three people that I kind of think of as, quote, serious actors. Mm-hmm. Yes. All going for the bag uh, in this one yeah. instance. And it's it's interesting. Like, I'm it is, I guess, on paper, there is a weird movie there and like something that you can see, like people who consider themselves actors who wouldn't normally do this kind of movie. I think it makes sense that they they end up here. I mean, they don't all. Are some of these thankless roles? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, even Eddie, to some extent, is a functionary to, like, get Venom on screen to do cool shit. Yeah. But, like, all three of them are making real choices. Yes. And making meals mm-hmm. out of the roles. And it's like, that's the value of having real actors to do the thing. Like, yes, the the roles will still be thin, but the characterization will be there in the performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was just interested in, like, the three of them showing up for this, just based on, like, the stuff they usually do. Right. Yeah, yeah. it does seem like an out-of-play pocket for them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, we were talking a bit about Musk, and uh, one of the things that you said is interesting, Alex, is this is the point where they still thought he was smart, yeah, right. And and th- there is sort of this continued sort of thread where it seems like he knows how to operate the rocket. He know right. he didn't just throw the money at the right. rocket, you know. He's and, a scientist too, yeah. yeah. And 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 so I'm a bit of a scientist myself, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so yeah, there is that interesting sort of transition changeover because I mean and really I mean we could probably trace a Musk thread throughout the Marvel Universe going mm-hmm. all the way back to Iron Man yep. where he has a cameo sure, and he's uh, right. sort of contemporary to Tony Stark and uh, or contemporary he's a uh, uh, equal. He's part yeah. of the fraternity yeah. uh, with with uh, the Tony Stark character. And then by the time we get to this movie, bad guy. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know what's going on new in the Marvel U but... Nobody does. Nobody no. does. Yeah, I don't, no, I mean, that's, that's I don't think they've done a, a real dipshit billionaire character yet. Not yet. Yeah. No. They're sort of uh, stuck doing cosmic stuff and time travel stuff mm, and multiverse yeah. stuff right now. They're not really like reacting to... You know, the, yeah. the last time they tried to be about the real world was Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Gotcha. The last time we saw Elon Musk on screen, he'd actually moved into the glass onion. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. That is true. With uh, Benoit Blanc investigating yeah. him. Yeah. 
God. And I think I think that's I think Arthur's absolutely right. That's where we're at. We are identifying yeah. the billionaire as sort of a fool mm-hmm. in society with with glass onion. I think that's that's smart to to get get us there. Um I it's interesting that Eddie is like ambitious to his own detriment. Mm-hmm. Sure. In the beginning, like, you know, he's asking Carlton these questions that he doesn't really have any backup for and again is like crazy Us- using his his partner uh, and her access yeah. uh to try to further his own ends. And it's like getting Venom is like what makes him less ambitious. It's like when he's stuck with him, he's like, no, I'm not Jenny Slate. I'm not going to save my fellow man. Yeah. I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm done. And it is it's interesting. Like there's this like uh, there's like a synthesis between the two by the end of the movie. Yeah, I guess yeah, yeah. it's like something between being like, you know, want and ambition and like Kala walking away. And then there's the middle ground of like, OK, I guess now we're. A vigilante. Of it's almost sort. as though symbiosis makes you better, yeah. you know, or living in community with others makes right. you better. Just suggesting that Michelle Williams gets a great line, or Annie gets a great line, where she says, uh, "You know, I represent a bunch of different people who you would find, yeah, as, you know." But he's really focusing in on this one guy, mm-hmm. right? So it's really interesting, like how he picks and chooses. Oh, mm-hmm. like it was never a problem before. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's had opportunity and he could have probably brought down a number of big wig industrial people. But here's Carlton, mm-hmm. you know, at the front lines of the life foundation that he can target. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, there's a they, they make response that he's come here. He's like become this investigative journalism. He's on this network and he hasn't really been at odds with the network before, but this could put him at odds. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, how much is chasing clout essentially right i guess maybe yeah. blinding his vision of maybe a better cause you know who well, knows he fully self-sabotages right yeah, yeah, like yeah, he, sure. he knows he doesn't have the juice to like say this on the network's program yeah mm-hmm. yeah and he doesn't and he has right. to have the foresight to know this isn't going to make it to air right once he starts asking those hardball questions because yeah. Yeah. what does he think is going to happen right yeah, yeah. yeah. this guy's got enough money to shut down the entire station rather long <laughs> Yeah. Just his show. An excellent, uh, by the way, uncredited Ron Cephas Jones coming in as yeah. his boss yeah. for two scenes and just cleaning up. That's that's what character actors are for. So yep. Likewise for, I don't, I thought about this. This is his friend. I forget her name, the unhoused lady who he actually gets Venom she's from. She's so fucking she's good in this. Excellent. She's so charming. Mm-hmm. She's so charming, but. And, it's Laura like, Harden, isn't it? Is that who it is? I saw Why do her I know that name, name in the, is it for, she's from The Office, right? She's great. She's I like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You know the office better than I do, obviously. I mean, it, and as soon as I'm you see them have that interaction, you're like, "Oh, something really bad is going to happen to this lady." It is Melora Walters. Melora Walters. That's her name. Oh, Magnolia. Yeah. Magnolia. Yeah. Okay. Boogie Nights. Duh. Okay, of course. I'm thinking of somebody else. So ignore me. But yeah. Yeah. Another great character actress. Uh, exactly. And that's it was just like that's a moment where I, I even wrote down in my notes. I was like, ah, yes, the character actor, our beloved mm-hmm. <laughs> Hollywood character actress. Yeah. Margo the Martin. backbone yeah. of the. Yeah. 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 That's that's like what the scenes that you use to stitch a movie together are built on the bones of good character actors. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like because every, you know, every movie that's a major studio play is such a big tentpole, like they're just stacked to the gills with hot people. Like it's just every mm-hmm. every per every person in the top twenty names in the cast has to be a known face, and you don't get to have that guys who can kind of and that gals who get to disappear into the role. Mm-hmm. And, be, and again, that's where it falls apart because after the first two thirds, you no longer need them, and, right? And, you, and you don't have that stitching any longer. Well, and it, it goes from having like this character is this unhoused woman and like Eddie like talking about the issues of homelessness in San Francisco, and then that's. Poof, Gone. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, is this movie like about something? No, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, don't worry, don't, don't worry, worry. Don't worry. <laughs> we wouldn't be about something. Yeah, this is a comic book movie. Yeah, 
Uh, and that's maybe, you know, it's, it's great flaw, right? It still is as much as we shit on superhero movies here at this show. Like we do it because they all have the same, the same shortcomings as yeah. much as we all like this movie and think it's doing something different. I think we can all agree. The third act is great. Yeah. And just doesn't quite get there. Yeah. 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 Um, the image of them like fist fighting each other in between the symbiotes fighting each other is it's almost cool. cool. It's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, ooh, I wish they had a few million more dollars or like Here's, a little the animators had a little bit more time. And the big problem with it is it's black goo versus gray goo yeah. in a light gray background. Like do it yeah, outside. It, yeah. Yeah. If they had done it during the day in a park yeah. or like outdoors, yeah. it would have looked a hundred times better. I th- and I think it's it harder. Cost, I think it's harder. Yeah. yeah. 200 million. Yeah. That more. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I think the, the nighttime uh, yeah. makes it easier to hide stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know who did. I don't think, obviously it's not a Weta, you know, they're the freaks that are really doing, the but then work. make the bad guy green. I'm just, I you agree. Know. No, yeah. I, you'd make it, make a different choice. I totally right. agree. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think there's something different could be carnage done. always works because he's got that red, you exactly. know? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Black versus black versus black and, black and white versus like, black and red. Yeah. yeah. It looks sick. Striking. Um, I don't know that I have any other big points. Um, yeah, we kind of got to this not almost being about something. Um, <laughs> I guess there is always the joy of the reporter as pro tag, uh, which Dustin yeah. is sort of identified yeah. as as far as like giving this an, a noir nearness. Yeah, they try, keep trying to throw him off the story, and he doesn't want to let it out of his teeth. Exactly, and I, and I like yeah. that about the dog him, yeah. reporter, the, yeah. the, the newspaper man, which with is the mission. same with the detective. You know, you get called exactly. on to one thing to investigate the blackmail, but really there's the missing person, and you, they're saying, "No, don't worry about that. We just want to do the blackmail, and I'm going to figure out the missing person while I'm at it." And that's always a fun bit in these kinds of movies. I think here we could say um, we all have some working knowledge of Venom as a comic book character. Sure. We all have some history of his appearances. Yeah. And this is the second time we've seen him on the big screen. Yes. Portrayed in live action. What is the kind of comparison if we put this in the conversation with one Topher Grace I mean, and Raimi's Venom in Spider-Man 3? Okay. What are we... I barely remember it. I, I, I got you. you I got, got you, buddy. You. Come on. So I think what Topher brings us uh, is like what makes Eddie Brock a fun Spider-Man villain, mm-hmm. right? That, and that's that version of Eddie Brock slash Venom is the the more ambitious Peter Parker, the dark side of the nerd coin, right? Mm-hmm. That, and that's always, he's, he's the angry buff nerd. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's yeah. always sort of been like the, the you know, you put Peter Parker next to Eddie Brock, one of them's, you know, wiry, one of them's bulky, and it's a great image, even without the suits. Nerd who is also a bully. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's what Topher Grace like really brings to that role. Obviously, like, Tobey Maguire's doing his own sort of like, you know, angry emo nerd thing. Mm-hmm. He's got the black suit in Spider-Man three. But yeah, I think Topher is absolutely like, oh, now I now I have sharp teeth and neck muscles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I almost like that performance. It, that movie is mm-hmm. obviously a huge mess, but I like I'm almost interested in what Tobey Maguire is doing in that movie. I would I do said, a rewatch of that. I would. We did all three of them. We did like the the, the Raimi trilogy is mm-hmm. a mega episode several years ago now. And I, I think that's it's maybe the most effective trilogy of like the superhero era. That it, makes it's yeah, like sense. The clean as messy as three is. I can't I don't think you can identify like a proper trilogy that's that clean. I mean, outside the Dark Knight, probably. Right. Yeah, I, I think the Dark Knight Rises is a 
Oh, shit show. Okay, that's fair. Uh, I uh, well, and I guess I think I like it more than you do, but that's I think, I'm a, yeah, I'm I a think fan. It, I think it's as much a shit show as Spider Man Three is, I guess, and I yeah. like them both. Yeah. So I guess I shouldn't you know, poo poo. I guess they're probably those are the two. Is you know, Raimi and Nolan's little babies. Nolan's maybe just feels more polished and cohesive because it's Nolan, and that just kind of barely is his style. Yeah, and feels like he's getting less studio notes than Raimi probably, probably got like, on yeah. three. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think Raimi was pretty much just like whatever. Yeah. At the, yeah. At the point of Spider Man Three, is like, okay, whatever you guys sick want. Of fighting with you them. want Venom? Okay, I'll give you Venom. Yeah. Yeah, is what, what happened. Well, and to your point about like what is one do versus the other, I think what Tom Hardy brings us is like Eddie Brock and Venom as as antihero, as mm-hmm. sort of like the Venom doing his own thing in the '90s and aughts, and like what is this character? sans spider-man it's like well it's not a villain anymore right because he is a guy with like noble goals mm-hmm. he's just kind of an idiot and kind right. of a dipshit well he's a loser right yeah right. loser <laughs> <laughs> yeah no he is a loser and that's that's what that's the beautiful romance between these two losers and like you know as you said dustin you don't identify like uh you know maybe it's just asking us to find community where we find it and sometimes that's with the goo monster that's possessing you yeah Something I'm imagining is what it would look like for Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock to be mean to a movie Peter Parker. Is like how, how is there enough of that in there to still make him a Spider-Man antagonist? Yeah, what yeah. happens when you get Tom right? Hardy and Tom yeah. Holland on in screen together? Yeah, what like because I and I think the only way you'd be able to do it is for Eddie to be like everything goes right for you. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There's you, to be some kind of con- yeah. <laughs> You're 19 years old and you have all these jobs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> and you got to work with the Avengers right. and I'm over here yeah, and slumming I'm, it in San Francisco. I'm out, out here eating Morbius. brains. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, don't forget. Yeah. I'm, yeah. yeah. The foundation of this Sony Sinister Six franchise. That's and right. You're over in the MCU. That's, and I guess that's where the rubber's really going to meet the road is like, how does, do Sony and Marvel square the circle of their, their two competing yet coexisting franchises Mm -hmm. and tonally it's been really wild because i think you know we've watched morbius yes and i think and that we only have been seeing craven the hunter in a few months i know and i might actually see i I will see it it. i got pulled from the schedule i just mean pushed it right yeah Yeah. Uh, i mean i saw morbius in theaters i saw that every i'm I'm going to yeah but i think sony's doubled down on this weird 90s 2000s I think it's good camp aesthetic thing and I'm weird one liners. Yeah, I mean he had a lot of fun. I mean Morbius is just dumb. He's mm-hmm. got some cool yeah. imagery in it. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty dumb. But I'm kind of there for Craven. Yeah, and I want to see what they're gonna do. Like, and then like yeah, Vulture's just like ex mocking it into the. Yeah. <laughs> and also Vulture's here somehow. Yeah. 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 Uh, Are we gonna get a Mysterio movie? <laughs> Uh, we already got Mysterio, uh, Gyllenhaal's Mysterio. Oh, yeah. yeah, I forgot. Yeah. I can't yeah. I literally slate. forgot. And Spider-Man Homeless. Well, That's I think right. Rhino's in Craven. I think yeah. is the illusion there. Okay. Yeah, I think you're right. I think but I saw that in the trailer. I assume, anyway, you know. There was always talk of Silver Sable and Black Cat. and Dog, you can't be one putting of Silver movies. Sable yeah. and Black Cat in a movie. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> my Sony's fa- doing their best. My absolute favorite Craven moment is is in the unbeatable Squirrel Girl comics yeah! in which she forces him to make friends with Spider-Man. And That's great. it is Squirrel Girl's so good. It's so wholesome. I just love <laughs> I just always going to give love for the unbeatable Squirrel Girl. So I'm just good. glad when she beats Thanos. <laughs> I love it. I'm just glad that before we got out of here, Arthur identified like the camp running through Venom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like mm-hmm. uh, it's in there. As talked about in uh, Matt Reeves' The Batman uh, we we sometimes have called straight camp, uh, mm-hmm, yeah. which I picked up from somebody at Polygon, I think. Uh, but yeah, I, I just love, love this idea of like very masculine camp and mm-hmm. like playing with the sort of 
iconic uh, hyper masculine superheroes and like doing silly shit with them. Mm -hmm. Like like we did get in like Batman Forever in the 90s. Yes. Yes. We're also getting that Madam Web movie. Oh, I'm yeah, actually so Dakota Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, I'm actually that. so stoked for Madam Web. And I like Dakota Johnson. Yeah. Our, our, we're getting the Bad Bunny. What is it? The oh, El Muerto. Is that it? The Bad Bunny one. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they're gonna make him happen, man. Yeah, he's, they are. He's yeah, gonna he's become between him and the WWE. Right. Yeah. He he's must, gonna be a thing. He, he yeah. must be a thing. Yeah. He, he, he kind of pops in, like, in Bullet Train. He kind of pops. He's charismatic. Yeah. So yeah, there's just all sorts of a jackpot. Jackpot movie? What are they doing over there? Nightwatch. That's so wild. There is no way. Literally, there's no. With how many plans they're making, there's like 10, 15 years in the future. There's no way America will still be around. (laughs) 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 Like, what are they doing? We truly were a country. Yeah. 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 Yes, we truly were a country. And when uh, Spider Man versus Venom versus Carnage and Toxin. Uh, you guys remember Toxin? Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Venom's grandson. Yeah. When that movie comes out and we all see it at the Cherokee National Theater because we no longer live in the <laughs> yeah. state of Oklahoma. That's funny. We'll, we'll all have a wonderful time. Yeah. Thanks, Sony, for continuing to make movies no matter what. <laughs> but the last season of America does look to be pretty good. <laughs> so um, You guys going to see the, the new D'Onofrio uh, Kingpin show? Oh, Echo? Are we going to see Echo? Are we gonna I, see uh, Echo? I'm interested. I'm, I'm kind of... I had some friends who were at a screening at the uh, Choctaw National. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah last they premiered weekend, it here, and they talked like that. It was really, really fun. Shit. Like it's a really good. Time. I saw just like the. I didn't watch the trailer, love... but I saw just like the opening clip from the trailer, wherein I guess uh, Young Echo's getting bullied or Ooh. something, and then uh, Kingpin pulls up and sees it, and he like gets out and just goes jack somebody up. And I'm kind of here for that. Mm-hmm. D'Onofrio's Kingpin is money. Yes, yes. absolutely, absolutely. He's so good at it. I love yeah. him. And all that street level stuff has the potential to be such a good antidote to the like cosmic bullshit yeah, the they're doing now. Because really they're trying to do Jack Kirby right now. Yeah. Right. They're yeah, trying yeah. to do Jack Kirby, but you can't do Jack Kirby if you don't have an artistic vision. Mm-hmm. Because Jack Kirby's whole deal was making it. And anyway, I'm preaching to the choir here. <laughs> do you suggest a yeah. lack of artistic vision? Mm. Uh, if you want more about the MCU and crisis, it was a white vision is where we left it off. <laughs> That's very funny. Uh, Joanna Robinson's got a good article out right now about sort of the turmoil. Like she just yeah. wrote a book, didn't she? she? Yeah, she's got the book. But there's she like wrote a the new, book on MCU. She did, literally. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the but, expose about the such yeah. a shame. There's there's like a an article going around that yeah. does pull from her book, I think. But yeah, it's yeah. like you know there's the yep. stuff going on with majors. Brie Larson doesn't want to be Captain Marvel. Uh, Chadwick Daredevil, ruined everything by dying. Daredevil: Born Again got scrapped. Yeah, with like half of it shot. It's so sad. Yeah. Well, that scrap brought back to the drawing re, board. Yeah, we were it. Yeah. I'm working on a theory that the reason none of the Jack Kirby stuff they're doing right now is working is because none of the people at the top have ever done drugs. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Feige's never done. Kevin drugs. Feige T-Toler. has never touched yeah, I think drugs. So. I think T. And that makes time. him unqualified to have anything to say about Doctor Strange. So you're saying you need to put the Marvel execs on just like a five day acid trip and let them have at it. We need to send those boys to the woods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Send them yeah. to Modesto <laughs> to do an ayahuasca yeah. trip. We need to have them really, ayahuasca, yeah. Need to, yeah. Yeah. Throw up in a bucket and <laughs> have some white guy with dreads tell them, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> it would help. It would help. <laughs> All right. Well, I think this probably concludes our thoughts on um, the Marvel extravaganza. Yeah, that is. sorry. We what? talked about it for so long. Hey, we're talking about Venom. We had, like, we're obligated to take a pit stop into we the state of the cape Sorry, movie. Um, but let's go ahead and render a verdict on this film. What do we oh, say? Yeah. Shelf or trash? And I go to you first. Arthur, you must pick first and set the trend. Shelf or trash? What do you say for Venom? 
I think I want to put it lightly on the shelf. Yeah. I kind of like it a lot. Uh, it fully knows what it's doing and what it's about. And that Tom Hardy performance is just aces. Uh, coupled with Michelle Williams and, and Riz Ahmed, who are equally hamming it up. I he, he gets in a lobster tank and eats the live lobster. That's I don't know right. what you want from me. Yes, that's right. That's cinema. <laughs> that's, that's in... You could, that that's scene cinema. could be in Holy Motors and it, no one yeah. would question well, it. Well, it could be an old boy. <laughs> yeah. 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 In fact, it almost is. Yeah. Pretty pretty close. Very good. Very good. What do you say, Dalton? Yeah, Arthur swayed me. I was going to say lightly on the trash, but yeah, Arthur's... I mean, this is a great Tom Hardy performance and I love the guy. I think he's... he. Tom Hardy, Michelle Williams, Riz Ahmed, all three arguments for the, we still have movie stars. Mm-hmm. Yes, they don't have the cultural capital that movie stars used to have, but those are real actors that yep. can like hold down a big movie. Uh, and this feels like it exists and comes from a parallel universe where the MCU never happened. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah like, like as Arthur said, like it does feel like an, a comic book movie from a different era. It, it for better for most of the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I say lightly put it on the shelf because what you're going to watch this on Disney plus ridiculous that Disney has so much money that they also have like the Sony movies mm-hmm. on their service yeah. right now. Uh, so yeah, go buy this. It's, it's pretty good. Very good. Very good. What do you say, Alex? I mean, we all know I'm going to be shelf specifically. I think that just because you can turn a movie off 30 minutes before it ends uh, and be fine <laughs> doesn't mean it's not worth seeing that first hour. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, you're never going to see this in a theater. You're, you don't have to waste 30 minutes. You can just turn it off and you'll have a four star movie. <laughs> like, yeah, he's not wrong. No, yeah. He's absolutely not. I wrong. didn't finish this movie last night. And this morning I was like, do I finish the other no. 30 minutes or just you? remember it from theaters? You get yeah. it. You know, yeah, so I could have went either way. Yeah. All yeah. the cool stuff happens. And then for 30 minutes, the goose fight. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Venom does the Acura slide. By gooing all over the, by making the ground slick with his body. That so motorcycle funny. chase is so it's dope. The so motorcycle wild. chase is so sick. He's grabbing Ugh. guys and smacking them together like the Three Stooges. It's great. <laughs> Man, Charlie Chaplin's Venom. Yeah, is. Yeah, that's what that's what it is. That's, that's what, what it feels like. like. Yeah, very slapstick. So I'm also going to say shelf, and yeah. the reason why is, I mean uh, the, the reasons that you guys have given is we got to win today. Guys. The last we thirty did. minutes good. is not a good movie. I mean, I'm gonna tell you right now, I don't like it. I don't care for it at all. We got a high five. We're everywhere. all high five yeah. each other. Um, it's not very rare that it's thumbs up all across the table. Yeah. But the reason I would have, and you mentioned the sort of Columbia and being on Disney Plus, I don't know that it's going to stay there forever. Mm-hmm. I guess, and, and mm-hmm. I think the availability of this film is going to reach a point where it's going to be hard to find again. It's too weird. And so I do think it's worth finding and purchasing because I don't think you'll get a chance to catch it otherwise. With physical media on life support as is anyway. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. So no I doubt. would go ahead and say shelf just for the sake of, you, if you want to have this, and I think you kind of want to want to have this. Yes, yeah, you do. Um, that's why. And so nope. otherwise it's, pro- it's a pretty normal movie. I probably would trash it. But because of that rarity of the rights, I think I'd go ahead and shelf it. Now, before we wrap it up, I, I just yeah. need to know, Alex, yeah. have, have you seen Let There Be Carnage and where do you sit on Let, Let I There actually Be Carnage? Ha- I think I have not seen Let There Be Carnage. Okay. I kept, I was like waiting. I don't know what I was waiting for. Yeah. But no, I haven't seen it yet. I'm interested. Okay. Yeah. I think it was, I'm uh, on board for Let There I Be Carnage. I think to watch it. I mean, it's yeah. Woody Harrelson, baby. Yeah. Just hamming it up alongside everybody. Yeah. Good man. I'm Classic there for that. Wild man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would come back for a Let There Be Carnage episode even. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, you mean Matt, Matt McConaughey's friend? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Woodrow Harrelson. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the 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 son of the famous hitman the of course yes. child yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so funny well if you want to email us about woody harrelson and his lineage you can do that at good trash genrecast at gmail.com that is the name of the show you were listening to at gmail.com uh 
we've got a guest here today. Uh, you yeah. might not be aware of this. There are other good trash media shows. Uh, we're not as robust a network as we once were, but there are still other shows existing, and one of them's The Praise Down, co-hosted right. by this very man right here. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about The Praise Down a little bit, yes, Alex? Yes, Praise Down is a sporadic podcast about Christian music. <laughs> you know, we put out maybe an episode a month. We're busy. Uh, but we have we did a, a bit at the beginning of the year where we talked about all of the... Um, Silly Songs with Larry from Veggie Tales, and we listened to all 50-something of them, and then we ranked them. Yes. With your family, right? With, we, well, we ranked them in one, in like, as we went, and then at the end, we had my dad and sister and brother uh, come by and ha- helped us sort of solidify our rankings, and it's just me and Heath arguing with my family for an hour and a half to two hours. It's good listening. It's a good listen, yeah. It's very, uh, very fun. Right now, we've been watching the show Small Town Security. Not Christian, but fascinating. Mm. Some really... Uh, is this a reality this show? This is a reality okay. show from 2006? Uh, 2011. It 2011, was, It was like right. the follow-up to uh, the fifth season of Breaking Bad. Like, mm-hmm. this was their post-Breaking Bad, like... Don't forget to tune in for Small Town Security after Breaking Bad. Yeah, like that was AMC. It was like this in Comic Book Men. Gotcha. It is uh, incredibly fascinating watching. It won a GLAAD award. There's some weird, like, yeah, there's some very interesting queer stuff going on in there that's very, like, nuanced and, like, yeah, it's, uh, oh boy, it's nuts. Check out Small Town Security and then listen to our podcast about it yeah i just did a uh episode your watch of episode two with you guys mm-hmm. that was fun yeah what a show a truly fascinating window into the human complicated experience complicated relationship dynamics yeah God, yeah you want to talk about venom being a movie about complicated relationships small town small security town is no security joke is complicated relationship. Uh, but i, I think cool. it's still like on brand with your guys like overall mission of sort of looking at the cultural place of christianity in america yeah and like because of sort of the trans issues going on small town security like kind of there's 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 some overlap. Yeah, yeah, it works out. Uh, if you're a local person, you can also see Alex at uh, his resurgent open mic, That's Public right. Access. Public Access is back. It's all ages. It's on Sundays at 6 p.m. Uh, sign ups at 6 p.m. Show starts at 6:30. It is at Rodeo Cinema on Film Row. Do not go to the Stockyards location. It's on Film Row downtown. You can go see a movie at the Stockyards location. Go see a movie at Stockyards locations. In fact, you should. But uh, at Film Row downtown, go see my mic. And perform at it. It's it's not just comedy. It's music. It's magic. It's whatever you want to do. Poetry, Poetry. Juggling. I'll probably do some live film criticism. Yeah. Because he's not going to stop me. I can't. I, you can't be done. Yeah. Yeah. We've uh, tried. So thank you so much for coming on the show, Alex. Uh, we thank you, you know, talked a long time ago about uh, doing Venom with you someday, and I'm mm-hmm. glad we finally got to do it. Me too. Uh, last but certainly not least in the business section. Uh, oh, also on Good Trash Media, go check out The Wheel of Randy with Dan Wade. Definitely do uh, that. Great guy. Great show. Great show. Uh, especially. He gets some guests. He has some incredible guests. Yeah. It's really nuts. He's getting out there and putting shoe, shoe leather to the it. ground yeah. and like really finding people who are interested in Randy Newman. It's awesome. Um, if you want to help support this show and keep us on the air, you can go to patreon.com forward slash GTM to find out what's in it for you. Uh, stuff like us sending you a movie or you picking a movie for us to talk about here on this very program. Speaking of this program, Arthur 2018, uh, was only five years ago. Can you believe it? I can't. It feels like 20 years ago. I agree. Uh, let's talk about a movie that feels like it's from no time in particular. Okay, let's do that. And Workers of the World Unite I next agree. week. You have nothing to lose but your chains. Mm. When we watch Boots Riley's 
Sorry to bother you. Ah, yes. It's going to be great. So you keep watching, we'll keep talking, and we'll see you all next time.